same old trouble villains always knocking at the door pretty pictures on the page but nothing ever stays the Thank you, Vandello, and welcome once again to Graphically Novel. My name is Josh Wasta, a.k.a. Fallout Fieri, and with me. Are you ready? Yeah, this is only two left. You keep stealing yourself. I know, this is two left. Okay, hit me. My platonic Nikki. (laughs) Ew, ew. The man who, I try to picture me without him, but I can't. Because we could be immortals. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, oh, that's right. An ultimate episode, Fallout Boy reference. Oh, God, that, that just feel dirty. It's bear. Uh, bear, I'm sorry to interrupt your introduction, but could you please give me a glass of wine? I need it now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> and while you're pouring. And while I'm pouring, a glass of wine for the lovely and talented Baronessa, Miss Jennifer Howland. I'd have had a better intro, but I got sidetracked. Sorry. I'm sorry. Platonic <laughs> Nikki over here. Like, oh. Platonic Nikki. <sighs> oh, Nikki! <laughs> okay, stop. <laughs> and it's my pleasure to introduce a returning guest. Two-time. Two-time. Two-time guest. Woohoo! Allison, and I always screw up your last name, so please. Oh, Hisaccio. Hisaccio. Everyone. I'm so glad that I didn't I didn't attempt and therefore absolutely positively mangle it. It's a name you gotta (laughs) say with your fingers bunched in front of your face. Fair, fair enough, yeah, basically. <laughs> anyway, Allison, thank you for joining us in madness once more. <laughs> yeah, thanks for inviting me. Well, and, you know, this season we decided who we were going to invite for each uh, episode instead of what we normally do, um, which is just kind of throw it out to the masses and see, which you had done for our Tank Girl episode. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, because you were like, oh my God, give me. Um, <laughs> but when it came to the old guard, especially Charlize Theron kicking some major ass, yeah. we knew we had to get you back again. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, it's and a good one. Get you on the good the, the old guard episode. So thank you. Nice. Yeah, thank you. you. So we've, uh, we've done your history of comic books. So we'll split straight to what we're talking about, which is the Old Guard graphic novel, the same name. But um, we haven't done this in a while and I want to highlight the person that wrote it. Because Greg Rucka, we've talked about him before, um, specifically when we talked about Wonder Right. Greg Rucka is huge in DC. Um, He's just done a ton of stuff for them. He started Gotham Central, which is um, hopefully going to be a TV series uh, starting soon, which basically was what kind of what Gotham is, um, except it's just about the the Gotham PD. Um, He did a, a long stint on Wonder Woman. He invented... Kate Kane Batwoman. Um, so hmm. you know what what we now see as Batwoman that was in the first season of the show, that's for him. And then he's had some independent comics, of which the old guard is one, um, that he ended up doing under the image label, but he created it. Um, there's another one called Lazarus that I keep hearing about. Um, that's gotten a lot of great press that he's done. And he also did another called Soaptown, which was uh unfortunately just a one season show. So, um, We've on had NBC, yeah, uh, which might be a stay tuned. We'll see. I I watched the first episode of it, and it was it was okay. It was, it was better than the Swamp Thing. Was better than the Swamp Thing. <laughs> oh, okay, well, there you go. Uh, but yeah, and then he 
wrote Old Guard in, in 2017, um, which was going to be a one and done, uh, but became so popular, got picked up by Netflix. Charlize Theron was a producer on it, like loved this comic. So it became so popular that he actually wrote a second book, a second volume in early 2019. So um, fingers crossed. I mean, there's more out there now. There might be even more uh, if he decides to go with it. And so hopefully will be the basis for the, the sequel movie that's coming up too. Yep. And another movie was Greenland. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Allison, what were your thoughts? Well, first of all, here's a big question for this movie. Did you watch it knowing nothing? Did you go into yes. it knowing absolutely nothing about it? Yes. And what did you think? Um, so, at for, so I've watched it a, a few times because I wanted to watch it before getting any kind of exposure to the comic. Then I watched it after exposure to the comic. And then I watched it once while reading the comic. <laughs> because <laughs> I kind of wanted to follow along and see where the changes were and things like that. So my first reaction, the first watch through was, oh, wow, this is really cool. This is a really interesting thing to do with immortals. It felt a little like hunger, if you've seen that movie, right? Like like your immortality goes away, but you don't really know why. You think it probably has to do with age. Right. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I thought it was fascinating. I thought it had some really cool things. It's hard to come up with a, with a premise about immortality that we haven't basically mediated to death. Right. No, I, I hear you. Uh, yeah, the only one that I've, uh, in fact, uh, a role-playing game that I'm doing recently, which is kind of like a friend of mine is running kind of like a sky high uh, kind of thing. So everybody's okay. high school but I made the immortal but my idea is that he was in, like in the 1880s did a spell that went he thought or she actually thought failed yeah. until 40 years later when she died and then she was just reincarnated but like Alia style from Dune where she was just where he just had all of the memories yeah. from birth of oh. the previous life but it also means you got to go through the beginning levels again every time so <laughs> death has consequences because you do have to go through the first you right. know little bit of life and it keeps getting longer like for some reason people don't just let you be an adult at 13 anymore they now make you wait until 18 and it right. takes forever <laughs> so That's like good. that is that is my my big kind of immortal this is a new book but it's hard to do that you know in a in a show or in a tv sh series or, or in, a, in a movie i mean movie would probably be the easiest because you just keep flashing back you know but then you have that time where you're like five and you try to explain to your mom that you have all these memories and whatever and it's in the 1920s so they they drown you or whatever you know right. because you're possessed by demons you yeah. know <laughs> or they you know they, they start hitting you with electroshock therapy until your brain's completely scrambled right right you know and, and they did they did fewer it's funny you mentioned fat flashbacks because i think the the movie version of this did fewer flashbacks than the comic does mm -hmm. that absolutely yes and it does i really loved the flashbacks in the comic right yeah. there were some really choice ones that mm -hmm. i'm really surprised i didn't use yeah well in the um in the movie and i it's fresh in my mind because i just watched it this morning um again with the comic same as you yeah. did to kind yeah. of figure um instead of in the comic where they have that av availability to just do the flashback and, and have wonderful art from these different time periods yeah they just tell the story right so it's just a scene still dramatic but it, it lacks that additional punch yeah so and Jen, the one oh go ahead i was gonna say the one i think of the most is 
is is books yeah is this idea that it's the way that it it's described in the comic where he is basically being driven across a russian winter because the russians hate him so much they're willing to burn down their own towns yeah. along the way right so then napoleon's army is just screwed and he decides he hasn't eaten in weeks so he decides he's gonna run they catch him they hang him and he figures out i'm not gonna die so he hangs there for three days waiting for the army to move on and then the crows come and he gets his first good meal, right? right. Like, <laughs> like that's so evocative. And, um, but they did other things in the movie that weren't in the comics that I think made it more of an action flick and that's okay. Right. And, and actually this, this will bring it up. I'm going to lift our, um, our normal like spoilers, um, for the comic because they're just, oh, so I should similar. totally like, I should totally be careful about that. That's a good point. No, it's okay that we're going to lift it because they're so similar. Yeah. They really are, with the exception that, like we've talked about, there are, and I and I have kind of beats. All of the beats are the same, um, with the exception of um, Niles' role at the end yeah. and uh, uh, Copley. Uh, Copley's a little different, but as far as the beats and as far as how the story is going, pretty much the same. And Greg Rucka wrote the script. So he that. basically took his own thing that he wrote and then made the screenplay out of it. But... Jen, on purpose, I had been spoiled as to what the old guard was. Mm -hmm. um, but when we watched it, I just, one night when we're sitting down and you give me the remote, I just turned it on. Right. And you were like, what's this? I'm like, it's called the old guard. I'm not going to tell you anything about it. And you're like, okay. And then like Charlize Theron comes on and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then she's killed in the first 10 minutes of the movie. In the first scene. Yeah. Yeah. Like you see. Yeah. 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 So um, what was your first impressions? What did you think? Um, well, as as Josh indicated, I really love um, action movies. I love action movies. I love action movies with a female main character, especially when they let that female main character be a badass, you know? Just like Atomic Blonde. Yeah, I mean, just- Again, Shirley Stern. Like so not, not taking anything, but also just having that ease of leadership. That's something that I really noticed that she was able to bring forward in um, Old Guard. It was there in Atomic Blonde, but in Old Guard, it was just like, she walked into a room and you knew she was the boss without anyone saying yeah. she was the boss. She yeah. gave me a lot of the same vibes. We've been watching the, the Resident Evil movies, but the... Mila Jovovich as she keeps going on in that series like mm -hmm. the oh, the series, series keeps getting more ridiculous like yeah. the movies yeah. keep getting more ridiculous it's terrible <laughs> but that character yes gets better yes you know and yeah. that's why you're watching it and to the point where by the third movie she just walks in the room and everybody's like who is that anybody that doesn't know her is like who is that and everybody else is like that's the person you're deferring to for the rest of the time we're around here right like <laughs> right she's who gets us out alive yeah yeah so um my first impression for the movie was i really i liked it i also liked that um while it was a little heavier um in the in primary characters of men there was a reason for that and that's part of the plot you know because the woman that Charlize Theron had been with for so long had been you know vanquished to the bottom of the sea and then they bring in Niall mm -hmm. and you know, I just really liked the idea also it was interesting to me these men have been around for millennia right yes. whatever however long for a long time 
but they still deferred to Niall. Once she got her feet under her, even before she was sure of herself, they were like, okay, you're you're it. You're a leader. You're here. And I really thought that there was a um, an amazing amount of egalitarianism in that group, even though there was a de facto leader. It's a military yeah. rank. Yeah. 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 They, right? they deferred like, to her just because of her. Yeah. She's got experience. modern military experience in, in a leadership role. Right. We don't know what role the, the, I call them the boys, right. We mm-hmm. don't know what role the, the couples were. Yeah. And we know just enough about book to know that, I mean, he wasn't a general because generals don't, don't go AWOL. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> like, right. Okay. And the other thing that we know is that um, Andy's a Scythian and that, was huge for me just knowing a little bit about the Scythian civilization. That's like saying I'm a Spartan. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Right. So I think there is that natural deferment. I think it's rank. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's it, it's absolutely training and rank and and not only that, but they are the the immortals as they are before Niles Nile joins them. They understand the modern world like to the point that they can identify like if a camera is transmitting off you know mm-hmm. off off uh, through the internet and things but they almost seem to be like okay this is you have been steeped in this world more like not only do we have this but we also have like remembering the last however many you know three thousand years worth of shit you are focused on the here and now now. right Right. so a lot of those things where it's more of a uh it, it's for the movie it's why Andy doesn't check the gun that book gives her but yeah. it's why Niall does you yes know? right you right. know Niall is looking at these weapons and just really instinctively checks okay. checks the weapon you know the same as Andy looks over the axe uh-huh you know mm-hmm. it's it's just hardwired into them and it's a very very subtle thing and I know that some people like that I've seen argue about well there's no way the book could have given her that gun and she wouldn't have checked it or, or or whatever i'm like i don't know no because she trusts her teammate because again he's younger yeah. so guns and firearms and those kind of things i'm sure are his job yeah and that's why he gives it to her and why he also knows that she won't you know check it check yeah. it and, and in the comic i think they really drive home the message that that andy is a little bit technologically backward she can't operate her cell phone she can't she and in fact what what reveals the betrayal is not the the pistol but is the internet right that niall's like hey we're in a cave right so (laughs) right (laughs) where are you getting wi-fi um so i think that's i think that could have shined a little bit brighter in the in in the movie but i think you're right i think they were going for something a little more subtle yeah bear your first experience with this movie um was actually i think it was when we made the list and you were like we were like we're gonna do the old guard and i'm like i've seen previews for that on netflix oh and i told you do not read anything and i didn't (laughs) go home and turn it on no i didn't i i went home immediately and watched it after we put together the the list for the season um and i absolutely loved it because again charlie's theron um the uh oh the pharmaceutical guy i just had his name pulled up um harry melling is one of those merrick yeah Yeah. one of those guys that i just i love to hate he's a weasley little fucker yeah exactly You just look at him. You're just like, I, mm, I, I don't know that I could like you if I met you in person, just because all of the characters that you played are just assholes. Right. It's kind of like how the actor of Joffrey from Game of Thrones right. like stopped acting for a while because people like would just meet him and 
hate him. Right. And slap him. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I just want to walk up to you and slap you. <laughs> all these people of, of shorter stature just coming up and slapping me all the time. I don't understand. <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, like I, I, I did the same thing, though, as I, I, I watched it, I read it, and then I watched it with the comic in hand and mainly just to see, you know, how much the imagery matched up, which is quite a bit. Um, I had to I had to post the scene, the, the scene that you have now soiled by your intro oh <laughs> the scene in the back of the the transport where they're talking about they're laughing at him oh ha, my god what boyfriend? is that your boyfriend yeah that's and yeah he goes on his <laughs> his rant about how much he loves this man and then you know they finally get stopped and they open up the door and everybody in there is dead except for those two and they're still handcuffed right yeah. and they're like i don't suppose any of you would have a key well and they in the movie they're like i don't suppose any of you would have a key in the comic they're like who would have thought that i'm amongst all all these dudes like nobody would have a key <laughs> um yeah there are so many both in the movie and in the comic um they do a very good job of balancing both and actually one of the notes that i have here is we've discussed especially with the crow that if you watch the crow the movie and you read the crow the comic book it's like you need both of them to have the full experience yes. of what the crow is i think that that's very similar here because you get those flashbacks like you don't just get booker's 200 years old he's he's kind of the baby of the group you right. get Booker was in Napoleon's army and what he had to go through, you know, and you don't just get Andy had a mentor and the mentor died. No, you get like what she was through with that mentor up until the point that he died. Um, right. You actually get Andy trying to have a relationship and trying I to love, love which was mm -hmm. a fantastic part um, of that. Um, and I think yeah, that's another story that hasn't been told in immortality. The story we see in immortality most commonly is this person stays young forever. So they have a thousand, you know, fresh young things around them forever. But in reality, is that what any human would actually want? You want someone you can relate to. Right. And if that someone is 80 years old, then so be it. Right. right. Well, and but on the other side, the plane scene was added in the movie where um, where Andy and Niall are going instead. Like in the comic, it's literally like Niall's like, no, you're not going to bam. And Andy just shoots her in the head and is like, OK, well, you're gonna, it's going to take you a while to to. <laughs> to wake up again and then like is transporting and she wakes up again in the desert she's like hey you just bam <laughs> just like shit again it's like we'll be in paris soon and then yeah. <laughs> you know yeah um whereas the, so plane the first scene, two are the hardest ones <laughs> right with that line popping yes. up in there. Yes. yeah whereas i really enjoyed the plane scene because it gives you that understanding of nile and also gives you a lot of the i do not give a fuck of andy but Absolutely. it also gives you that moment that connection between nile and andy that happens that you are like okay whatever it's not they're not going to form a bond and then it's there right right well and it's when she fakes out Right that, with it's, the with the, the pilot. Do you think he speaks the, Russian? Do you, yeah. Do, <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you speak Russian? No. You know. No, so. I can tell you don't speak Russian. So. Why is that? Because I told the pilot to play dead. Yeah. And you right. know, but it's yeah. Again, it's light. It's fun, and it's they don't have that part later in the comic. Toward the end, in the in the while they're escaping, they just have this whole series where they're like, "Bitch!" Like, like they're yes, they're calling each other's scene. names, and then both of them settle on "bitch" at the same time yes. to call each other, and then yes. they break into a right. room. Like they didn't have 
that in the movie, but they did have that kind of on the plane where they they needed to sort their shit out, right? And they needed things to be uh, settled, like they right. they needed to know who the alpha was, right? You know? Well, they yeah they needed Frank. to be they needed to be operating from the same point of reference, right? And that the plane scene is what did it in the yeah. movie, and the scene the breakout scene is what did it in the in the comic. Right. And I think the airplane scene too does a secondary thing, which is we've already started to see that Andy has, uh, gosh, she is so tired of living. Yeah. That Andy is exhausted and they define it a little more elegantly later, but that, that Niall is so new and so fresh that she still believes in God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, it, I mean, there, that dichotomy too, between them, I think is, is really fascinating. Um, yeah, I agree. But I, uh, the other part of that is that Andy is tired of life and Andy is, is ready to be done, but she still has a value for life. She knows yes. that Niall doesn't know yes. that she has value for life. Right. Yes. And that's why, like, when she <laughs> acts like she kills the pilot, like, the first time I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay on board with this person. Like, yeah. you didn't tell me that the pilot was a bad dude. Like, you didn't tell me anything about yeah. the pilot. She just killed a random dude. And then it was basically like, no, I, I just told him to play dead and the pilot's yep. in on it the whole time. I'm mop, like, mop. okay. that's uh, Now I'm down. That I'm, I am down because you have shown, yes, you, I'm going to tie this into fucking anti-maskers, I swear to God. It's, <laughs> you understand that you don't have that value for yourself. And if you were to die, it would be okay. Yeah. But you do care about people around you. Yeah. Right. And ultimately in the movie, that's the other thing that I liked the addition was showing what she had done throughout the years and the reaper, the good repercussions. Oh, it's lovely. Later. Yeah. Like. Mm -hmm you know, that, that people would grow up to have vaccines and people would grow up three generations yeah. later because that person lived, this happened. Like that was fantastic. I loved the concept that they wrote in for that piece of it. And I loved the story of it. And my only criticism is that 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 last wrap up in the movie made it feel like a pilot. It made it feel like a TV pilot. Yeah. Like now here we are, Charlie's Angels or A-Team or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and this is going to be like how it goes. That was my only criticism of it though. And it's far outweighed by everything else I loved by it. Yeah. I agree. Um, I, I think you could probably turn off the scene where they tell Booker a um, hundred years. Uh, like, like, it ends in the comic. That's exactly where it ends in the comic. Yes. And then the two scenes after it, both the one with um, the one with Copley and yeah. the one with uh, um, Booker, uh, where yeah. uh, Quinn shows up. Both of those, you could probably just stop after the beach scene. Agreed. And, you know, you're good. Is it the worst thing, though, to have, if you have to have that built in, we want another one? Yeah. At least they didn't put it in an important part of anything, you know? Like, you can turn it off True. and be like, okay, I know, you know, we're, we're done. I don't True. think it detracts from it. I think it's because it's Netflix. That's what, I, that's what I'm tripped up on. Because yeah. I feel like, oh, Netflix, oh, you want to do another second? Sure you do. Give me break two. If well, break right. two happen. Like, I just... My faith in, the, in their ability to actually follow through is maybe lower than it should be. Right? Okay, well... <laughs> Bright 2 was greenlit right away, but had problems with the writer. There, The writer uh, uh, did things that... Uh, hey, it, 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 Josh, it may not be their fault. It's still their problem. <laughs> 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 
So, um, so I'm looking through my notes. Um, I'd like to yeah. touch back on something that Allison, you brought up about the comparison to the hunger. Like yeah. the immortality is not really immortality. And the thing that I love about this is that it it fucks with physics, but it keeps with physics. The law of therm- thermodynamics. Eventually, matter will. Yeah. You know, eventually, everything's got to break down. Right. You know what is it? Let me see here. Especially mm. when second law. Travels through the air. (laughs) This is a different type of physics, darling. The second law of thermodynamics says that entropy always increases with time. So I liked that they didn't know when it was going to happen for them, but they knew that the older immortals within them were the ones that eventually did die. And I I just really liked that, that, you know, it's just like, it's just like everything else. You don't know when it's going to happen, but it it, it is definitely going to happen. It is going to happen. It's just not going to happen, you know, in 75 years or 80 years, like most people, it's, you know, 75 hundred years right and it means that for that team they are still putting their their necks on the line mm-hmm. when they are going in and they're doing this stuff right mm-hmm. when they're selecting a job yeah. they're they're still at risk right and i think if there were zero risk for them it would be much more two-dimensional and yes just less interesting agreed so it'd be much more highlander yeah <laughs> yeah but the thing that i like about that is the concept that they have to be, you know how they talked about it had been so long since there had been another. Yeah. And so it seems to me that the energy of the group needs to be focused on finding more others. Yeah. You know, that needs to be the primary focus. All of the stuff that they do but is all, done with They've also that. said in, <clears throat> in both the, the movie and the comic that they all know when another one right. Right. They have happens because the right. they all have the dreams. Right. So it's kind of one of those what you know did Andy just lose her immortality and then they all started having yeah. dreams because that well, that's what that's what I'm wondering that's what do, I think. do the dreams do, do does the um introduction of a new immortal presage yeah. the end herald of the, an existing herald one? the end of existing yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think there's only a, I mean, if we really want to fall down a nerdy uh, <laughs> rabbit hole, I think there's only enough, you know, immortal energy in, right. in whatever given pool for a certain number of them. Right. Oh. And and do you think that there's, I mean, obviously with the team that we see in the movie and this, they're all military. All they, of them are. They, they all come from the military. So, you know, so yeah. we've ta- we're talking about um, what's the, it, Colby? Is that the? Copley. Copley. So we're talking about this person that's tracking them. Do we now focus only, you know, when we're trying to maybe predict where the next new one is going to come, we focus on military? Yeah. Because I think they are supernatural warriors. Right. Yeah. Was the, um, was Andy's lover, Quinn? whose name I can't Partner. remember, Quinn. Oh. Andy's. Yeah. Are you talking about her mentor or her lover? Her the, lover. Which Achilles was his name. The slave? No, the woman. No, that, that wasn't they a lover. Lovers. They she were just, just they were just oh, okay. Quinn. You're talking Quinn. about Quinn. Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. Quinn only <laughs> existed in the movie. Um and and I noticed that she fought from horseback. Yeah. Which is that's right. Okay. The now fact I remember that, she that fought scene from... because she was uh Mongol, wasn't she? Mongol. Yeah, well, yeah. that's yeah. the assumption I think we're right. supposed to make because she is played by an Asian actress <clears throat> and fought from horseback. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to re- that, that was the scene I was trying to remember as I couldn't remember if she was uh, like that was the only one out of all of them that I thought maybe would not have been um, military. But now that she 
bring up that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't completely yeah. remember. Well, and what defines military gangs can be right. military, sure. you know, terrorists. Cells, I think that's why, military. yeah, I think that's why I use the term warrior because, yeah. you know, a Scythian, you're not really yeah. in the military. You just right. are Scythian. <laughs> you're just a Scythian. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and knowing nothing about the second book, but knowing that Greg Rucka was writing the second book at the same time he was writing the the screenplay for the oh, movie. Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize that. I'm wondering if the second one will be the the Quinn uh, storyline. Story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is cool. I, I mean, it, it brings me coming back. You know, it it puts that tie in. Um, but it just didn't do that in the comic. Um, we mentioned Copley and I want to talk about him, um, (laughs) because, um, I'm trying to remember the, oh, Henry Mellon or Harry Melling is Merrick is the, the the actor that you were talking about where you're like, I just want to punch him in the face all the time. Um, Chiwetel Ejiofor, which I probably butchered that name. Ejiofor. Yeah. He was the, he was the operative in Serenity. Serenity. Um, he was also in Kinky Boots. He is he's a phenomenal actor, but in this movie, he is very much the operative from you know Serenity. Uh, if that conditioning could be broken by the end, because he very much has a the ends justify the means, yes, throughout the movie, and then has kind of a reckoning with yeah. that. Um of you know, I just I, I just destroyed something right in the process of, you know, yeah. something that I, we can't bring back. Right. right. And um I have been thinking about if I like the comic Copley or the movie Copley more. And you know, like you were saying, Allison, by the end it's like he's kind of Charlie's Angels, like kind yeah. of doing he's the Charlie. In the yeah. comic, he like calls Merrick and is like, I quit. I'm out. And he's like, you can't quit. I'll kill you. And he's like yeah, you'll be dead way before that happens. And like, there's an explosion in the background where Merrick's yeah. at. And he's like, well, that's her. Gotta Bye. go now. Bye. Bye now. Yep. And like, he's on a plane to like GTF. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny. I like Copley in the movie better. I like Merrick in the comic better. And, Merrick in and- the comic is just a <laughs> villain though. Like he's Love a, him. Yeah. He's got neck tattoos. He's not showing up at a pharmaceutical industry conference he's, to sell some he's, garbage. He's an evil Tony Stark. It's yes, yeah. It's yeah. just one of the fingers he has in, oh, across multiple, multiple pies. Right. So like I, his first, his first scene in the comic is a lot like his second scene. Cause you see him, yes, at the, the pharmaceutical conference and whatever, but his scene where he meets the, the immortals where he meets Nikki and Joe, um, basically there's no pre, Pretense. He's like, I am a villain. Yep. I get what I get through very nefarious means. I have no problems with ethics, you know? And so I'm going to cut you up a lot. And in the movie, it takes him a while to get to that point where finally he's like, I will slice you piece by piece for centuries. Because I feel like in the movie, he's not that same level of gangster. In the movie, he's, I get what I want because my daddy gave it to me. And I kind of understand what I'm getting into, but not really. Also, so he's I a really, white man. Ugh, yeah, I really wanted to see the scene from the comic where basically they find him just cowering and crying mm. in a bathtub. Right. Yeah. That if you're going to give me this sort of wa- washed down villain, then I need that ending for him. Yeah, the the movie <laughs> the movie villain was was Pharma Bro. He was. Yeah. Uh, what, Martin Screlly? Screlly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that's very timely. Yep. 
Yep. Yeah. But again, yeah, it, it would have been fine for him to be cowering somewhere and, and all five of them don't light his ass. Yeah, up. they gave him a little yeah. bit more oomph in the Didn't movie maybe. than I think he probably should have. Like well, Mexican standoff with the guns, yeah. then he still right. caught an axe to, to the right. chest and then well, was still going to shoot her. Actually, it's it does make sense, though, because he is a white American male. So he believes that come at me as long as I I'm, can. I can. I've seen a movie. I've seen. Yeah. I know how to do this. <laughs> Yeah, as long as I've got a gun, I'm the one in charge. Exactly. And until trust, I grew up in that whole yeah. society. Until there's no organic food in prison. Right. <laughs> Either way, fuck you, QAnon. Fuck you, all of you. All of you. All of you so much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, oh, man. Um, but yeah, it's Merrick. I, I did like him more in the movie. I agree. Did you? Um, just because I like a good villain. I don't like a mustache twirling. <laughs> I like and a snidely whiplash though. Like I like to know like this is the bad guy from the out from the get go. Yeah. yeah. See, no. I like to know that Magneto was right in a lot of ways. Uh, Magneto. But we was can't. Right. We can't. Every villain uh, can't be Magneto. I'm sorry. But right, every but villain that's... should believe in something. Like nope. Very few people. I'm not going to say nobody. Very few people believe in evil for some. right and there is no you can't it, a villain who is completely black villain 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 is fucking boring same as a hero that is very very yeah, white exactly white, white. i think the movie so merrick, i think the movie merrick was too entitled for me that's what i didn't like his entitlement just rubbed me the wrong way and then well of but course, i think it's supposed to but i why? know right. <laughs> but I mean, then i was like you know, oh, you're so entitled. Why don't you fix your face? Like, I just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you rat-faced little man. I know. I just got <laughs> immature about it. That's dear, it's maybe my problem. <laughs> dear Henry, Harry Melling, we know you have an actual face. And we're very, very sorry that Allison has decided that somehow your face... <laughs> Your face. <laughs> Although I, I'm really curious now if I look through what he's known for. Oh my God, he was Dudley Dursley. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. he wasn't. Yes, yeah, he, was. he was. He was Dudley Dursley. Dursley. Yep. Oh, maybe I just hate him subconsciously. Uh-huh. That's possible. I mean, <laughs> you, you already got to hate him through seven other movies, so it's like or eight oh, other man. movies, whatever it was. Yeah, like oh, it, it, damn, it's, it's kind of ingrained in you at this point. Yeah, he does seem kind of Dursley Snidely-ish. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Simpering. Simpering. Oh. Entitled. Well, but yeah. that's that kills me because I just made a Alexis face. I just realized Alexis because we've been watching too much shit. Yeah, I just made the Alexis face. Here, let me get on camera so you can see me because I was like, ah! <laughs> ew, David. Ew, ew. Um, but yeah, it's you know, you look at like Alan Rickman's a great example. You know, when Alan Rickman was alive, like he was known for such a great villainous roles generally because he just had that look, right? So we identify villain with that look. I, I was thinking that about the actor that played Booker today. From the very beginning, for some reason, I don't like Booker, even the first time that I was watching it. And I think it's because they got an actor that has that, maybe he has played a villain. Well, I think, you know, you, you're he was up. the villain in Red Sparrow. Yeah, but I mean, 
but I, I, okay there's a difference between a character actor who plays villains who has the look for a villain and someone who can portray the depth of character and and just emotion and what have you which is definitely an alan rickman thing exactly yes by exactly. grand Thar's hammer he was a great actor that's true yes he <laughs> yeah i mean he may have played a lot of villains, but the reason that he did it and he did it so well is even though he was a villain, he was still a person. Yes. There were things there that you saw, identified with, cared about, what have you. Merrick, fuck that shit. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing, nothing likable about him. No. I mean, he's a human that breathes air. When he was a when he was a Dursley, <laughs> you still saw him as a human and you were like, and yeah. still fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the only like thing about him is he's a carbon-based entity that exists in our plane of being. Yeah, I guess my, I, the my, just, my it's just oxygen he's using up that I could be using. But see, I'm just trying to find the positives. <laughs> well, and I think the Merrick in the comic, we don't know enough about. Like, we, we get a lot mm -hmm. of his appearance and we get his ruthlessness. He's very, he reminded me of Putin, actually. Mm. Um, <laughs> right? He's... <laughs> He's very ruthless. He's very, uh, he's clearly like considers himself to be good looking and right. Right. But we don't actually know much about him. Right. right. The other thing that, the, okay. One of the things that I, that was, that, that was problematic for me is the trope of the doctor that completely gives up all of their, yeah. You know, the reason you become a doctor, like a medical yeah. doctor, yeah, is to help people. Yeah, gave, gave up and on their Hippocratic oath. But losing yeah. sight of that, like yeah. it's okay to harm someone or whatever, as we, long we as my goal is we can reached. basically torture yeah. these these organisms so, right. to death. Mm -hmm. Well, or just continue torturing them because they won't die. Right. You Having, know, let's all throw books at Myrtle because she can't feel it. Right. Wow. Having uh, having just watched it today, I was thinking that because there is a scene where the doctor is talking to mm -hmm. um, uh, to Nikki and Nikki. Joe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Nikki says, I've seen people justify this throughout the history. centuries or throughout, yeah, throughout history. And I just needed, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm back and forth on it. Did I need him to actually say Mangala? Or was that enough to just insinuate Mangala and going back? You know, yeah, yeah. I, that's I the newest that, example, right. really. And I think that by doing that, they've very efficiently and cleanly pointed you in whatever direction your mind would go right. to identify those monsters of history without having to call up names. It's like, let's not spoon feed the youngsters. Right? <laughs> well, I, and usually I, I very much agree with that. I got there. I'm just wondering if the point was really driven home for other people. And then I realized, well, I don't fucking care about other people, but. <laughs> well, I do, I do care about other people, but I also think that, um, you know, your labor and my labor are worth things. And <laughs> I, I, I still take the WC Fields approach. It's I love mankind as people I can't stand. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and the, the doctor in the comic, uh, the doctor in the comic helps them, right? The doctor in the comic kind of cuts them loose and says, okay, but there is such a gonna... better scene in the comic with 
Nikki yes. and Joe, though, because God damn. Right, they're yes, amazing the, together. Yeah, well, the, but the doctor goes and, and has a change of heart and opens stuff up. And like Joe, and, and uh, you know, she's like, she's like, oh, you know, just, oh no, it's a he in the comic. It's a he yeah. in the comic, Just yeah. remember, tell her that I helped you because it's it's not a change of heart. It's no. a, I'm on the losing side now. I'm gonna save yeah. my skin. And yeah. Nikki says, but you hurt him. And, and there is a version of that in the movie yeah where it's just a soldier yeah that yeah. shoots uh you know that yeah. shoots nikki and then like it's like oh okay well i give up and joe murders him but yeah. in the in the comic it was so much more because it's too little too late yeah. and it's just yeah. really showing the the again the depth of those two characters and yes. how their love for each other because it ultimately it doesn't matter right it's a if you're looking at a bullet you know for for something that might kill them it's a what one in a million shot that that yeah. is the one that's going that they're not going to come back from yeah. you know because they never know and so basically it's like ultimately it was a useless gesture but yep. you know it's part of the reason why with that couple i actually like that they set them in the crusades it would have been super super easy to put them in the greek army because we know that yes. the greek mm -hmm. that the greek yeah. military would pair men up exactly for this reason it's one yep. thing to mm -hmm. go to war and just yep the general says i gotta kill this guy it's another thing to be like i'm in love with that man and you hurt him so right. now now i'm not gonna fight i hate to be sexist about it i'm not gonna fight like a dude i'm gonna fight like a woman does and so it's less about i'm gonna can i win or not and more i just want to hurt you yeah right yeah right yep. well I, and and i think that so on that level absolutely that's going on a little bit like a next level down is they both know that every time they get injured or die could be the time no that it moves them closer to yeah, that right, time right they don't know how many times they can die before they just stop point. you know right and is so it, is it a count or is it time right or and so yes it's uh you have hurt the one i love and so i'm going to murder face you but it's also <laughs> like you have you have taken away time oh, potentially oh, i don't understand yeah. how this works but you've potentially taken away from the time i have with the person i love yes and this and is for that you must die <laughs> right and given that this relationship is really all they have in this exactly life. exactly right. right yeah so um i do want to jump back one more to to copley just on one oh, thing yeah. um because i do like his character development and in, in, in the movie also in the comic i i do like his stuff but the one thing that i was missing out with the movie version is since he makes the decision to just gtfo and and he knows he's on the, he's going to be on the losing side and he knows it from a line that uh that nikki gives it which i loved which he looks at him and he says what happens when your employee's frustration inevitably outmatches his greed and like that line resonated with me i'm like that is a great line to look at somebody who is a pseudo villain but not the villain and be like your time is limited yeah so make the best even if i mean it's something that you know for anybody to think of that you know in, in this land of capitalism too it's just like what happens when you know their desire to get a paycheck from you is, is suddenly outmatched by their frustration with the company right right and yeah. it, well it's it's basically you're working for a villain yeah how long until uh you know the joker asked bob for his gun right you know it's just bob it's, right 
gun. gun. Right, exactly. And what, you know, when, when you talk about soldiers in, in the military, overall, their alliance to their country is what keeps them in line and the structure that the military builds to keep them in line. Mm-hmm. But when you are a minion working for a, a villain, mm-hmm. what what is that structure? I mean, you know, what is what you know have you done something to their brains like how how are you so sure of their how are you maintaining loyalty yeah Yeah. are you maintaining commitment so oh (laughs) no nuts we didn't give him nuts Nuts. or chips or anything he's choking (laughs) on his own tongue over here so uh achilles i this is a really minor thing but i like it when movies don't have a love interest for the main character because it seems like a cop-out and everything i mean we already have nikki and joe and and like you know they they are very much the we are we are the unbreakable love in this movie but in the comic andy has achilles even through flashbacks she has experienced love she's had this whole great love story none of that not even an attempt at it in the movie they they hinted at a couple of things here and there um there was one direct reference right away in the beginning of the movie when they're all meeting at the hotel um about when you what you see in the first couple pages how andy yeah. basically just takes a lover different lover every night oh yeah no it's yeah. it's, um, it's fucking and drop you that's they, not a love interest they, they make you they make a couple like subtle references to that in the very beginning of the film too yeah um but yeah other than that they really don't they don't right. really do anything with it well and the comic has another line that i fucking loved which is i'm gonna find a shower and someone to share it with yeah yeah yeah. Well, and, and that begs a question, you know, are we seeing in this small group of people um, kind of the uh, character archetypes, you know, where you yeah. have the lovers, you have people who cannot exist without love, you know, you have the leaders, the people who find their meaning in leading others to whatever, uh, you know, I'm... I, I just it just came to mind. So right. I, I'm just curious because if if all of them felt this need for love and whatever, it, you would see a much more tragic trail. And I think we do see the tragedy of that because putting it that way, since you just brought it up, makes Booker's decision make more sense. Yeah, absolutely. Because Booker does not and, and he he points out a part of that. He points out Nikki and Joe have each other. Right. You know, they have each other through eternity. Right. Eventually they'll have to deal with that. But right now they're content. Right. He tries to bring Andy in with his, and to some extent she is, she's the bridge that, that might understand how far he's gone, but you're right. She has leadership. She has this family. Right. And somewhere along the line, Booker's desire to die outweighed his family. Right. And that was not what... I think, no, I think they just have different coping skills. So the boys have each other. We know that, right? right? And Andy, I think in the comic, the reason why she has this this sort of promiscuous streak, I think it's 100% the sort of the mentality of fuck your pain away. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's in the a, movie, it's more drink your pain away. Right. And I, in the movie, that's what yeah. Booker has. Absolutely. So left with these three like options, I can be in love. I can basically just screw them and leave them so that I'm not wholly empty every moment. Or I can fill that hole and that void with alcohol. Yeah, man. Like... <laughs> Two of these four things aren't don't feel great. Long-term. Well, but I think Niall brings in 
another option. Yes. Family. Right. You don't have to have romantic love in your life. If you have love in your life, if you have someone that you care about in your life, yeah, it might suck to not have romantic life love in your life but you have someone that understands you something that knows that's at least you. rewarding on right. a level like that but the, but you also have another being that knows you who knows who you are and loves you anyway but i also the... think that we can't give i'm sorry josh i mean no go ahead no, no, no. <laughs> i i also think we can't give andy a love interest because the fact of the matter is the way that that movies portray women with a love interest is there doesn't seem to be a good clean way to do that without um giving them weakness Right. Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, personally, I thought that from the movie, I was under the impression that they were trying to point Quinn out as Andy's love interest in the movie. Of course, she didn't really exist in. Well, I mean, she did, but uh, yeah, in the book, which is great. I mean, I don't, I don't mind it. It, it especially brings the idea of after a certain amount of time to bodies are just bodies you know it's just yeah. it's people are people them, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah people oh, are just think, people bodies are just bodies yeah. yeah i think there's some very bisexual overtones to andy specifically when she goes into the pharmacy and the woman in the pharmacy yes uh, yes say agreed yeah yeah and all the camera angles are all on your fingers and stuff. Like you don't recognize that your fingers are a sexual yeah. object until you date yeah. another woman. Right. Like, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I guess my point is I would really love to, for us to be able to say these things without it having to do with sex. And I guess that that's not possible. Right. And I'm just old. No, I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. we're getting there. Like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't, you know, what does it have to do with sex? I mean, people can genuinely yeah. love some, another person. We're just getting to a point where transgender can be something that <sighs> isn't, yeah. you know, we, <laughs> that's the problem with being progressive is that we're ahead of the curve. Yeah. Well, you and know? media and movies are always going to be a good, a good chunk behind. Yeah. Even if you look at 1950s, 1960s television. True. I mean, you don't really think that 1950s couples were sleeping in twins' beds, right? Like, right, yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, WandaVision is really showing us that, but we're we're holding that for for next season. Well, uh, they're not showing it to us now. I mean, none of us would fucking be here if our parents slept in twin beds. Right. right. Well, you bend one over. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, missing the point. The, you know what? There was a jet that went over your head like 50,000 feet. <laughs> I'm just saying they don't have to share the same bed to make you. Yeah. Okay. As Very a nurse, odd. I can attest to that. Yeah. <laughs> Alexis has been on many six. I, <laughs> that's not my point. I know. Carry on. I know. <laughs> So um, I have a couple last uh, last points, but the one of them is Niles's story, um, movie compared to book. Yeah. And I do want to say I did like her story a lot more in in the movie. Um, I think that she had more agency. I think she had more decisions. Um, you know, in the movie, she decides I'm, I can have a few years left with my family. I'm going to go and, and do that. And that's when she finds out, you know, Booker turned on Andy and Andy's in trouble and, and makes the choice to go back. Um, and again, can leave after that. But that, through that has kind of learned okay yep this is you know has copley uh, uh make her mia and 
you know, um, walk away from her family. I, I find that a much better decision than kind of in the comic where she doesn't have that struggle that you can really see past Booker's conversation with her. And Booker's speech is in both. Yes. Uh, I found that Booker's speech hit harder in the comic than it did in the movie. And yet even then, Niall still makes the choice that she's going to go back to her family for a few years and then, you know, meet up later. Yeah. But uh, but going through this, it, it gives her it gives her a lot more agency. And I really enjoyed that. Well, I think she's a main character in the movie and she's a supporting character in the book. Yes. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, and I think that's part of it. I also think there's a theme that runs through the story itself that is, if you have something special like this, you don't want to tell regular people about it because they have no way of comprehending it and they will simply kill you to get it. Well, and I love Booker's speech both times for that. Yeah. Because he's like, you have these great memories of your family and they are going to beg you for it as they get older and you cannot, you you don't know how, you can't give it to them. Mm -hmm. And so the only thing you have left at the end of everything is your memories and those will be corrupted by the end and it it is such a great again you talk about how immortals like stories don't tackle a lot of these things that is a great way to look at it yeah you know it's just the this the fear that people have of death all you're going to remember is their fear and what they said and did when they were afraid through that fear yes exactly Yeah. Which is not when humans are at their best. No. Right. Um, okay. So my uh my last point before our stereotypical last question um is that uh Charlize Theron is in her mid-40s. Um Keanu Reeves also in his mid-40s, late 40s. Um what are you pushing for Keanu Reeves? My to come my, in on the next my movie? precious babies. Yeah, babies. <laughs> my babies. Um, are these are I mean like Charlize Theron I think her first action movie was 15 years ago was AI Flux really but she's really had a resurgence with Mad Max from 2015 right. mm-hmm. so we're looking at six years like she's already in her late 30s are our new action stars because we're not getting many of them they tend to be older I have a, I have, a, well, I have an explanation we've for got this Liam Neeson no I who have, is also very old right? I have an explanation <clears throat> okay baby boomers okay we have that's the vast part of our population in the United States. While Charlize Theron and Keanu Reeves are relatively young in their minds, they are still known and, you know, known quantities to baby boomers. Also not like a 25-year-old that looks like they're 12. That's fair. So they're a little bit more relatable. Um, I think within the next five to 10 years, we're going to start to shift younger again as far as action stars go. When, you know, as as that generation starts to go away and we move into the you know we move uh <clears throat> the next few generations into the older spheres <laughs> old ass gen xers start becoming yeah. the uh the yep. 50 and 60 yep. year olds but i mean that's yeah because i went back and i started to look at a lot of what the last 20 years worth of action movies and you know what there actually aren't that many of them there are a few that oh, really no, change the genre i know um you know you look at like <laughs> John Wick. Yeah. And you look at yeah. I mean, okay, and you're gonna you're gonna poo-poo, but the expendables, the three expendables movies. Why am I gonna poo-poo it? I right. love the expendables. But but that was all the, the guys oh, coming out of retirement. These are the guys from the eighties and now they're yeah. in the two thousands. Yeah, you but know they still told better storylines. Like one of my favorite movies from the eighties was uh <clears throat> Schwarzenegger's Commando. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And the storyline on that was garbage. Yeah. Right. But you can take all these same actors now and throw them into the expendables. Yep. We've got better writers, and suddenly yeah. the same movie with a lot of the same actors becomes 10 times better movie. You look at the first Expendables movie, and the two people that were the heart of the movie were Mickey Rourke and Dolph Lundgren, right? Yes. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what else has shifted, now that you mentioned that, too, is when you were talking about action stars, they're not... It's not, they're not, they're not selling us on their physicality anymore. Right. I mean, yes. Okay. John Wick. Sure. I mean, it's not like he's, you know, really badly out of shape, but he's also not a Schwarzenegger. Right. Right. He's not Conan the Barbarian. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And that's another, that's another movement that I absolutely love is that you're moving to people who look more realistically like an, the person you might pass on the street. Right. Because a portion of their ability to function in that action star role is their intellect, which yes. I think came, not to get totally off track, but I think that came over with Die Hard. No, I agree. I completely agree. I would argue and a little I don't bit think with James Bond, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, James Bond, I think is a little more training and t- uh, tools, um, you know, and, and some yeah. uh, improv- improvisational ability. Right. But not necessarily be intelligence as much as charisma. Also yeah, true. And training. Yeah. It's yeah. all yeah. training. Yeah. I, I and that's a different read, genre. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I recently read something uh, about talent versus skill. Hmm. And uh, James Bond is definitely skill. Yes. He was, it was taught. He, he yeah. was taught to be James Bond. Right. John Wick, that's a talent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he may have learned things along the way, but that's who he was. He also developed skills. Yes. But most of this is coming from exactly. And it's not to say that James Bond couldn't be John Wick because once you're trained and you know those things, you can develop that talent. Yeah. So uh, I think we can all say that we really did like the old guard. Mm -hmm. Um, So here is my question. I'll start with Allison. Will you read the second comic or will you wait for the next movie? (laughs) I've already bought the second comic. Yeah, I because primarily because after I saw the movie and then kind of reread it, I was like, I wonder if Quinn is in the second one. And I haven't actually even cracked it yet. But um I did pick it up and I'm I can't I mean, I can't sit around and wait for Netflix to get there. <laughs> Just see where the mop flops. Come on. We're, we're still in a pandemic. <laughs> Yeah. Give me my instant gratification where I can get it. Yes, yeah, I got my, my Werewolf the Apocalypse video game dropping on Thursday. So, you know, I'm good to yeah, go. Absolutely. Jen? Um, you, you haven't bought this? I second. have not bought it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for your answer. Yeah, on yeah I absolutely yeah. will read it and watch it. And I will probably read it before I watch it because... It's not out yet. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. In the immortal words of Carrie Fisher, instant gratification sometimes just takes too long. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, sister. Bear? Uh, I will definitely watch. I will definitely read. And I will actually probably wait to read until I have watched. Until you've watched. Hey. Um, that's kind of my shtick anyways. Um, 
I don't know if there's people that still need a refresher on that, but I'm the guy that's like, you were watch, yeah. watch the watch the movie slash TV series first, read, you know, go back and read later because I've had so many people. And so, since we've been on a bit of a Harry Potter kick um, today, uh, that actually was your brother that kind of started that with me because going in to see Harry Potter and having Phil sit there going, skip 40 pages. Yep. Watch a couple more scenes. Skip 50 pages. I, why did you not belt him in the fucking face? <laughs> He's already had his bro- nose broken like three times. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> I understand that. And I understand the people like your brother who cannot, you know, say these are two different media. They're going to be treated in different ways. I can't expect them to be identical. But I don't there are some care. people that just don't. Yeah. That, that's not that's not a, even a thought process that happens. And, right. and actually, most of this, like after that happened, most of it started with Dune because when the sci-fi miniseries of Dune came out, I got super interested in Dune. And then I went back and watched the 1984 movie. And then I went back and I started reading the books. And I was just like, I am still, I'm still going back and reading the books. And I'm still going back and watching the movies and the miniseries even though and doing it in that order I think is the reason why that I still do it like oh well okay yeah. you know oh, it's like fair. I haven't I haven't completely shunned yeah one over the other because oh my god the book was so much better out of this this movie's terrible you know why am I still doing this no I still I go back and still watch and listen to all of these I I have done a little bit of both I'm less likely to go read a book that a movie is based on because I don't see the points if the book wasn't intriguing to me before Four I saw the seasons of this podcast at this point. <laughs> I'm gonna read it. Yeah, this is right. I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna watch it, and I'm gonna do whatever I want. So there. <laughs> although, although I will say, I think it has to do with level of investment. Yes. Because yesterday I told you that the likely death for Sandman. Oh yeah. Will be Cat Dennings who did. I the don't audiobook. at me. I'm not a fan. Right. But yes, and you had a very visceral reaction. But that's again. She fucked up Sandman on the audiobook for me. She okay. fucked it up. Death doesn't sound like a cute little kid. I mean, I get it. She's a teenager, but she's got a little bit more. Hmm. I, I think again that my brother had that intense feeling for the Harry Potter books, and you have that intense feeling for the Sandman books. I thank you for explaining that to me, Josh. I appreciate it. I didn't see it the way that you're explaining it to me until now. I'm gonna go over here. <laughs> Try not to get any blood. Out. Well, no, this this stuff can have blood out of it. <laughs> I think print media and film media, I think all it does is it it gathers us different audiences sometimes. And I think that's okay because then overall that particular fandom has a broader base. And when we have a broader base, yeah, sometimes it gets watered down (laughs) a la Dune, but, but Oh yeah, because that's a broader base. The whole like (laughs) one movie, one mini series, and a few books. Man, I'm telling you, yeah, like series. Sorry, it's that's a hard one. But like, yeah, Yeah, that's super watered down compared to how many movies are there for Star Wars? And (laughs) she's talking about fan base. Just yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that it's okay to gather to gather more people into the into the fandom. That's how you get more of this stuff printed and expressed and you know the reason we all liked the original dune movie when we did is because there was nothing else right right? so (laughs) yes exactly so when when lynch's dune came out i was like you don't understand i was so excited Mm. to see that you're just a david lynch fan in general yeah on top of everything yes 
So it was like two things, two things in one that I enjoy. <laughs> yeah, but you're chocolate and my peanut butter. <laughs> right. But yeah. And so for me, visually, whether or not it reconciled with the book, visually, that was, it, it became. Because you finally got a visual yes. representation of all these things yes. that have been just in your head. Yes. See, I'm fine if an ornithopter shows up. I'm like, that's that thing. That's that thing. I like it. <laughs> but yeah. It goes slappy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's, Pat Oswald has a great bit about that. But he's like, I just want the thing that I like. And I don't want the thing that I don't like. And that's the problem is things evolve. Yeah, and yeah. so, you know, if people have a problem with a female being the lead in a Star Wars movie, sorry, die mad about it, you know? It's well, <laughs> and, you know, I am I am being Patton Oswalt about a, a casting choice. Right, and, and that's fine. <laughs> but that's that's what I'm saying is, is yeah. you know, on one side, we have to recognize that we have those and we have to allow for other people to have those. Right. You know, I I personally am, am on board. I'm a huge Gambit fan and and, you know, I'm fine with whoever, like, as long as it isn't as like, cause they didn't even screw them up in Wolverine origins. They screwed everybody else up. Way worse. <laughs> way worse. In yeah, one way worse. Origins, right. Yep. But Channing Tatum for years has been talked about. And I just watched day in, day out. People being like, oh, you can't have Channing Tatum as Gambit. I'm like, really? Cause I can name you four different movies he's in that I have seen him in. And I was not a big fan of him to begin with, but through seeing his progression, I can tell you how that character would work. And it really comes down to are people willing to make it good? You know, look at Guardians of the Galaxy. Nobody thought Guardians of the Galaxy was going to work, <laughs> right? There was a fucking raccoon with a gun. There's a tree. Yeah, One of your characters. It only says three words. Right. Well, know? I think, I, I still think Marvel, like Marvel did half their movies on a dare. Like they were just right? <laughs> so good. At, at making comic book movies, we just want to make DC look ridiculous. So let's, yeah. here's Guardians of the Galaxy. Everybody loves it. Oh, and side note, we can sell t-shirts of Howard the Duck again. Right. <laughs> Fuck on that, DC. Right. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh my God. I just, I'm going to get you a t-shirt, Josh, that says suck on that, DC. <laughs> oh, can no. it have Howard the Duck's face on it? Yes. <laughs> That's going to be our, like our new logo for the, uh, for the podcast. No, <laughs> we, can't, gonna be, we can't. We can't, can't do that. that. We can't that's do that. too far, yeah. especially with the announcement we have at the end of this episode. It's a bridge too far, especially considering, you know, the uh, label that Sandman was under. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> we all know that Vertigo isn't really DC. <laughs> Yeah, follow the money. Follow the money. Mm. Oh. Allison, thank you yeah. so much for joining us again. Yeah, this thank you guys. This is always been, a lot of fun. This has been fantastic. And I'm glad that you're here when we make this big announcement. Announcement? Our, an announcement. Announcement <laughs> on our penultimate season four episode. So another bonus episode, kids. There will be another bonus episode and something that people have been kind of asking about for a while so we're gonna take one of the big milestones and we're gonna make it however many episodes it ends up being many, however once. many bonus episodes it yeah. needs to be <laughs> but uh we are going to have uh, a a large panel of dc people and we are going to tackle the goddamn batman <laughs> so 
Uh, we Swear have, to me. We have, uh, we have already shown Bear, who had not seen them before, the 10 best episodes of the animated series. Oh, and by the way, no, we'll, we'll discuss this okay. in the episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're going to go 60s Adam West. We're going to uh. go Burton. We're going to go, well, I Burton almost bought the Burton package, the Burton Schumacher package on Voodoo today, but I just dropped $1,400 on a new bed. So <laughs> I'm like, I, I might be um, the one to buy it today because um, we're going to watch them. And uh, the, uh, can't remember the name of the director, but the Batman begins. Snyder? Uh, thank you. Yeah. No, oh, no, yes. Nolan. No, Nolan. Nolan. Sorry. And then, yes, and then we the will have to still watch superman v batman again <laughs> bv oh batman v superman do we have to yeah uh but that will be our big mid-season uh break uh that we will release where we will tackle the batman and each of us are also responsible for going out into the universe digging up our own you're gonna make me go find my own find your own batman like graphic novel to talk awesome. about yep but I have to say, also an exciting uh, announcement, announcement, announcement. An, an exciting announcement. As these things are being put into the universe, I will be finishing grad school. Hey! So Jen will hey. be taking over and the entirety I, of the show. <laughs> I will not only be taking over the entirety of the show, I will be taking over. The company. <laughs> the, yeah. So Jen, when are we going to mask up and go look for anything Batman that we can, can try and care about? I don't know. I I can drive tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, join us next week when we will have our season finale of season four, The Adams Family, where my brother, my fester, will be here. Phil Wasta will be here uh, for our finale. So are you doing the thing? No. no. Okay, you're just no. putting your hand down on the table. <laughs> Uh, and until then, take it away, Vandello. Come with me, I'll tell a story that you might have heard before. Graphically novel, but the same old trouble. Villains always knocking at the door. Pretty pictures on the page, but nothing ever stays the same. Do 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 I'll just get along, my mask is no different than yours Pretty pictures on the screen But nothing's ever as it seems